we believe instead of a single wholesale provider in Santa Fe, we believe we will have one, two, three, four, five, all competing. Hello, you are listening to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This is Lisa Gonzalez. In this interview, Chris talks with Sean Moody, working for the City of Santa Fe as a Special Projects Administrator for the Economic Development Division. Sean describes Santa Fe's broadband situation and how rates in nearby Albuquerque are much better for both businesses and residents. In order to compete in Santa Fe, both need better prices, faster speeds, and more reliability. Community leaders believe more competition will naturally improve connectivity in the community. Sean dissected their problem and devised a possible solution. He tells us about Santa Fe's unprecedented approach as they attempt to create an environment to open up competition to improve prices for businesses and residents. Now here's Chris and Sean Moody from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell, and today I'm speaking with Sean Moody, the Special Projects Administrator for the City of Santa Fe uh, in its Economic Development Division. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Good to be here. I think you win for longest title. Um, I might have been able to shorten it up, but uh, it's a, it's quite an impressive title. Yeah, well, I, I started with 007, but it didn't, it didn't just 007, but it didn't take. <laughs> There's high demand for that title, I think. Um, I've, I've driven through, um, Albuquerque. I was just telling you briefly before we started, um, um, just, uh, we, we went right through on the interstate, but, um, tell me, is Santa Fe anything like Albuquerque? Uh, it has a lot of the same excellence, but it's actually, the geography is really different. We're heading from Albuquerque and I'm telling all of your audience, if you're passing through east to west on route 66 or, or I-40, you will not have any idea what's north of you, and it's it's spectacular. This is mountains and um, deep uh, uh, gorge, the Rio Grande Gorge, and the grasslands to the east. It's it's utterly spectacular. I've been here for about 20 years. We uh, when I was there, it was a personal vacation, and I do remember the the stunning physical beauty um, as we were driving through um, many areas of New Mexico. But um, we were we had just had a big fight in this road trip we were having, <laughs> so and uh, you know I want to go back with a clean mind. I think <laughs> come back, come back, and I, I, I'd uh, suggest any any of your listeners come through here. It's it's really beautiful. So let's let's jump in. You're the city of Santa Fe. I think is doing something that's somewhat novel and and quite interesting. Um, but why don't we start with you describing uh, why the city felt it had to take any action when it comes to broadband access in the community? It's probably similar to what many uh, cities and towns are, are dealing with that was really driven by the business, uh, business community um, that uh, getting very high-speed connections was crazy expensive and um, having it set up on the ground, very, very few places in this small city where you could have it already set, find it already set up. So you'd be paying, if you're a small business or uh, startup, full capital cost of a, of a build out from the incumbent telephone company or now for the incumbent cable TV company. Um, so that was the perception. It was driven by the business community out of frustration of connection. And I understand that the um, that you knew that the connections were better just down this down the road in Albuquerque. Yeah, um, I came in. I actually came in cold from a, a, a different sort of a different um, uh, background, developing projects, uh, uh, real estate projects. Uh, so coming in cold and and tracking down every bit of prevailing wisdom about um, 
the problem city we're facing with the internet. I, I wanted to know what's normal or what our neighbor has. And actually, in the end, I used as a baseline the uh, UCLA uh, index data, which uh, y- your your listeners probably know about, but self-reported speed and uh, price data. And what I found is uh, that on the ground that the median subscription prices were just the same, and I think they're just the same around the country. It's about 50, 40 or 50 bucks is what people typically pay. And uh, the difference was in experienced internet is uh, that in Albuquerque, the median experience speed was uh, 10 megabits down, and in Santa Fe, it's five. So same price, half the speed. So one of the interesting things, I think, as you investigated it was that this was, wasn't necessarily a last mile problem. Um, and and in thinking about um, the, the service providers, you found that I think um, even in independent service providers that were not one of the incumbent telephone or cable companies, they had this common problem. What, what was that? Looking first at, at what seemed to be Every indication from every source was that uh, it was this last mile of distribution within the city. Um, I, what I found here, and it's a lot of small cities that are considered well served by the uh, uh, FCC, but the price was still high. So um, looking further at what's the difference, I just chose Albuquerque, but then I, I checked against other cities. Cities like Albuquerque and cities like Santa Fe, they're essentially different um, by their proximity to the internet backbone. That is the peered uh, backbone of the internet, where um, if you can plug into that peered part of the network, uh, you're good to go. You can circle the globe. Right. These are and these are often places where there's a, a lot of choice. I think you know if you can get to that point, you might have a choice between it, level three, AT and T, Verizon, Cogen, uh, all kinds of different providers that that usually aren't doing last mile in a given town. That's exactly right. Yeah. So our cho- so Albuquerque has uh, ports exactly owned by uh, Cogent, Level Three, Zeo, AT and T, on and on, CenturyLink. Anybody who is peered uh, will have a presence in a in a major city on the backbone. So um, a city like Albuquerque was it's quite a bit larger city, but it turns out scale wasn't a factor. We're we're a city of about city per se is seventy five thousand, and our our little metro region is about one hundred and fifty thousand. So a um, very typical small city that is remote by 60 miles from the, the nearest location for a choice of internet ports. We're, we're strung out, um, served currently on that, that 60 mile distance by a single pipe. It's owned by the incumbent phone carrier, legacy from the, the mobile days. And uh, unlike the service within town, which is regulated by franchise and by state law um, and, and federal law, the, the link between the city of Santa Fe and the city of Albuquerque is unregulated and, as it turned out, uh, uncompetitive. There's no other way out. There, were, uh, there was a redundant path, but also owned by the same incumbent phone carrier. That was the distinct condition between uh, Santa Fe and Albuquerque. Many, many other things similar. Um, you could say very small effect of scale. It wasn't because Albuquerque is a big city that uh, it gets faster internet. The singular difference is whether all the providers in Albuquerque have direct access to a choice of backbone ports compared to places like Santa Fe. 
Right. I mean, this is generally a problem we think of in, in very rural towns that might have 5,000 or 10,000 people where you might only have one choice to get, you know, from uh, maybe 100 miles away from Minneapolis to be able to get into Minneapolis to get uh, that, that choice in providers. But um, it's kind of surprising that you have such a sizable uh, city that, that just doesn't really have that choice. But um, I would guess there's others in your shoes as well. So in the east, the sort of peer network built and built and built and built. It's not uniform, doesn't cover every city and town, but being in the grid of the peered part of the backbone means that providers are, are swapping uh, transport. So getting to a number of competitive ports would always be an issue, but the fact is that, that the east coast and the eastern seaboard is better served than the west. And I think the geography, here the geography of New Mexico and the west comes into play as we have massive mountain ranges and great deep valleys and uh, very scattered uh, sparse populations, some rural and now lots of small towns. We're at the very end of the, um, the King's Road leading up from Mexico City from the old days. And the result in terms of the internet backbone is it just gets this far. Northern Santa Fe is a great big region of progressively more rural um, and and frankly impoverished land. The internet just makes it this far too, essentially the peered part of the internet. Um, and that will be typical for the West. I think when I was speaking with um, uh, Virgil Turner uh, from Montrose, uh, I think I, I mentioned that it seems that the more beautiful an area is, the more people might want a vacation there, uh, the harder it is to build Internet infrastructure just as a general rule. Yeah, we. Can, I mean, the first settlers of New Mexico were trying to get away from an inquisition and a, <laughs> a church and a king. Um, this is the place where people go to get away. Uh, always has been. It's, uh, it's why I'm here. It's why a lot of people who love this place come here. Right. Not, not that my, my, I'm afraid of my background catching up with me. But <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's why we're using your assumed name. <laughs> 007, yeah, that's right. Um, finding yourself in this situation, uh, what did you decide to do about it? Uh, city council had allocated a million dollars with um, uh, the sketchiest of a conceptual solve the problem. Um, uh, we, we decided to focus primarily on working backwards again from needs. Uh, the, the needs of, of the um, business community, particularly entrepreneur, entrepreneurial class, who uh, could develop great ideas with, with high speeds, but were, were inhibited without them. Considering a, uh, the goals of the city and the city council to make Santa Fe more viable, particularly for um, tech startups and, uh, and knowledge-based industries, not for uh, the likes of data centers, not something that is strictly a technological element, but for, for the development of knowledge. Getting into the range where uh, wireline service was limited um, and where very much higher speeds would be needed, that was the starting point. How do we get that working backwards to a solution, beginning to realize that that lack of competition in, in what is from the point of view of a retail provider in Santa Fe is their wholesale connection, creating competition in that. What it started with is the telephone company central office is the center, de facto center of all of the architectures of Santa Fe for Internet. Um, whether it's it's the cable company, cable TV company, or the, all of the um, DSL providers, including the telephone company, the cell phone providers, or the uh, fixed wireless providers, they all 
are paying to get out of town by way of the incumbent phone carrier. Their signal um, passes through the central office through typically an Ethernet connection from their their offices into the central office and from the central office to the Internet backbone in Albuquerque. That's the route it takes. So, and typically the incumbent in, in Santa Fe CenturyLink would um, sell to providers a single lump sum. They would break it out into the elements, but it was a single lump sum and it's frankly the only choice. So if you're Comcast, you'd have a, a, a price offer presumably for Ethernet, Ethernet from this, the uh, Comcast hub into the CO and then central office, and then from the central office out to the Internet and access to the Internet, all provided by CenturyLink. So single network, tier one provider, great service, and one low, low price. What I saw as being a difficulty is going around that in any fashion. So I thought for a provider, whether you're a cell phone company or a local mom and pop or um, or even Comcast, it would, would be convenient not to have to go right into the CO, and it would be convenient not to have to buy... Uh, internet from a single provi- single unregulated provider, uh, in other words, a standalone co-location facility that is connected back into that telephone company network, that Ethernet hub. In Santa Fe. Yeah. The early scope of the work was to create a co-location and to connect it back into the, into the CO and then to find other paths out of town. And there were a couple of dark fiber points of presence that had never had any business on them. One one is now through iterations of, of purchasing is now t- t- today owned by level three and another again by uh, layers of purchases from the dating back to the 1980s, another on the dark fiber uh, owned by Zayo. So uh, a couple of companies that would do business if they could. So my project was really pretty dirt, dirt simple at first, which is about two miles of fiber connecting from inside the central telephone central office out to the point of presence with a couple of uh, dark fiber strands coming out of the ground. And uh, it happens to be along the railroad tracks in a so-called fiber hut. Every city, you will see them. And then somewhere along the two miles, putting in a colo facility. That was our first pass. Um, so that would have taken care of part of the problem. We've gotten a couple more tier one carriers able to offer backhaul services, wholesale backhaul services to any provider. Um, and they also, those two carriers, presumably would have had an interest in developing some finished service contracts of their own. They, uh, both SAO and Level 3 will take big anchor customers when they can find them. So um, that was the project. Uh, um, I have a colleague who works for the state, and he found about my project. He had a problem with, on his hands, which he operates a, a really beautiful data center that the state owns and operates. It, it's, its long-term intention is to be the nerve center for essentially a statewide Ethernet network that would serve all the state agencies in the remote locations and also serve uh, as in the Homeland Security capacity and, and uh, disaster response. Beautiful facility in Santa Fe, physically separated from its main clients, which are housed in and around the state capitol complex downtown, physically separated by about two miles, and guess what? Right along the path I was building. So um, the state state needed a connection. So the state uh, came to me and asked, your building, could you give us some fibers? We've acquired capacity uh, up and down the center of New Mexico from Santa Fe by way of Albuquerque to Las Cruces. We own that for the next day. Historically, good opportunity 
to uh, buy into some dark fiber during the uh, unraveling of the the 80s 1980s fiber buildout global fiber buildout. State acquired some of that and had had underutilized. They really hadn't any use. So in exchange for a, connect, a connection that he gave me to uh, Albuquerque, I gave him fibers into town, into the place he needed most. Great deal, and, and as it evolved to his fantastic data center, became a great alternative to a, to a build-it-yourself colo. So Santa Fe, for a million dollars, almost by accident, got a connection from the de facto hub of all of the Ethernet architecture in Santa Fe down to a, a variety of ports on the peered backbone of the internet. And that's something that any traffic can flow over. You, it's not just a matter of just the city's traffic, but um, you know, businesses could use that and others can use that as well, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually geared just for the businesses, uh, but obviously there are benefits to all. In fact, the, uh, the one of the nice features is, yes, city as an institution, the county and other institutions can use this. The project we're developing will be a wholesale-only business, and it will be open access. But another beneficiary of, of getting to the point where very high-speed service could be viable from a number of providers using this network that is get, creating an alternative um, wholesale uh, route to path to Albuquerque to the to the World Wide Web um, is the typical user. All the people of Santa Fe using internet get it from all different sources: Comcast Cable Company, CenturyLink Phone, all of the DSL providers, all of the uh, the cell phone LTE providers, and any fixed wireless providers. They all of the users of all of the ways you get internet will find a benefit, and the benefit is typical price offer from the incumbent phone company for transport alone from the Santa Fe CO into their port in Albuquerque, which lives in their, their Albuquerque CO, is between 10 and $15 a megabit wholesale. Um, I can get competitive pricing for about a dollar, dollar fifty in Albuquerque. I was going to say that seems like about a ten dollar, a ten time markup. That's, that's exactly right. It, that's about the cost. Now here's where it plays. On a typical user, that residents or a small business can get by on three or five megabits. Oh, uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> I will. I'll speak for myself. You know, a lonesome guy with a with a cell phone can live on five megabits. So five megabit is a typical subscription speed here in Santa Fe. Typically, you pay forty bucks or fifty bucks, and you get you get about four or five. The wholesale purchase on the part of the provider, the retail provider, is buying internet to provide that service, and it winds up on the for the five megabit level of service. It's about only about ten percent of their cost structure. So, looking inside a, a financial pro forma of a, of a typical retail provider, you'll see. Their wholesale purchase is less than 10% of their whole cost structure. Right. That's what we've seen elsewhere as well. Yeah. The typical user then, why Santa Fe 5, why Albuquerque 10? It's the small bit of, of a particularly small provider's whole business plan where they can affect their own marginal costs. This is my analysis of their psychology is um, all the other bits, all the customer service bits and blah, 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 all the, all the fixed costs they have, they really are fixed. They really don't get to play much with them without having direct effect on whether a customer wants to do business with you. The bit they can, though, is that speed bit. So 
their first level of offering will be just what people like me are okay with. I'm okay with three to five. I'm, I'm fine with that. So um, that's the level of service. And it t typically um, across the city, um, most people are like, well, I'll take that because it's less. It's, it's, it's the cheapest offering on both parts. But really the, the offer, the provider um, cranks down their, their buy, their wholesale buy to the point where it, is satisfactory to customers at the lowest level of service. That's true everywhere. Think about the, the marginal, the choice in the, in the margin for the small business in Albuquerque, the small provider in Albuquerque, small provider in Santa Fe. The small provider in Albuquerque can would have the same choice, but it's so little, it becomes 1% of their cost. Do we, do we pay 1% or a half a percent of our whole cost structure for essentially what unfolds at 10 megabit service versus five, it, they're competing on speed. Their lowest level of service is 10. Lowest level of service in Santa Fe is five. And that is a part of the explanation from the point of view of the small provider, which is, frankly, the only kind of provider that can really change a market. They can make a choice. We're going we're gonna to deliver a, low, a lowest level of speed of 10 or a lowest level of service of five. And, and the cities where uh, internet is cheap, wholesale, wholesale internet is cheap, Albuquerque is a great example. The lowest level of service is around ten, and all the other, all the rest of us, it's down around five. So lowest level of service that customers could use, um, and uh, and really a, a choice the providers make. But the real difference, the swing, and what the project was targeted at to begin with is in the high speed users. Uh, when you're buying a 100 megabit service or 2 megabit service and 200 megabit service and, and the up and down symmetric, there are a number of companies in Santa Fe that are. The film uh, production and post-production that Santa Fe has, uh, pharmaceutical data mining startups. Santa Fe has a brain trust that's um, off the charts in terms of developing um, uh, new ways of looking at um, what we call um, self-organizing systems, which could have real-time data feeds coming in and out of Santa Fe where knowledge is gained in the flow of the data. I don't mean NSA. I mean um, useful knowledge about disaster recovery and, and 10 other things. Really brilliant people here. When a startup from that community goes to buy a 200 megabit service, um, first of all, they're going to run into a couple of problems. First is they're available there. Do, we, do they have to pay a capital cost? Um, that's a problem that I'm not going to solve directly. But the next level is they're paying uh, on a 200 megabit service. All of a sudden, it's a huge part of their provider's cost structure. And it, the cost gets passed right along to the user. For Symmetric 200, they're up in the $1,500, $2,000 a month range. And in Santa Fe, that's quite a bit more than a startup would pay for rent. So a rent consideration, whether locating in Santa Fe or choosing a, a location within Santa Fe, will be driven more by their internet availability than it will be by the rent factor. It just drives decision-making, and that was precisely what we were trying to address. Excellent. So basically, you have a situation where um, a, a partnership of, of effect between um, the uh, city of Santa Fe and the state with its fiber has has helped to enable now ideally these smaller ISPs to be able to uh, build out and connect your your highest end businesses your your highest knowledge end you know the ones that need the the higher capacity network services did I get that right exactly right yep and the and the way that it will work is. We'll light the thing up. It should be done in about eight weeks. We're uh, we're really soliciting business interest. 
we will bring some tier one carriers in, uh, level three and Zeo and Cogent now are interested. They, they can come up into, into this data center in Santa Fe and begin offering wholesale service where you plug in, you're in their network. And there's a, there's a, a fourth company, a rural telephone company came in uh, recently with a standalone pipe from Clovis, New Mexico. This is called Plateau Communications. They're uh, cover eastern New Mexico in fiber, mostly on um, rural utility service capital builds, and and recently coming to Santa Fe on the on the BTOP build. Got to Santa Fe with the end of their network, so it passes back all the way to Clovis and to the World Wide Web that way. So there will be, and that showed up as I was uh, developing this project. So there will be, uh, we believe, instead of a single wholesale provider in Santa Fe, we believe we will have one, two, three, four, five all competing and among them with different business models which is key um, it isn't so much getting a number of providers as, as you know Chris um, it isn't the count of providers or the technology of providers it's also the business model of the providers really to destabilize a place a market um, as important is that the the models by which the various providers can move, can make their money, really should be distinct too. That's when a uh, ossified price structure, or in my case, speed structure, begins to unravel. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on and, and telling us more about this somewhat uh, unique approach, to my knowledge, uh, in terms of how you've um, taken a, a big bite out of the problem. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at Community Nets. Thank you to Person for the song Blueswalk, licensed through Creative Commons. And thank you for listening. Have a great day. Music